Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Well, Heidi, we've got a guest that's close to your heart today because I know your son, uh, my grandson, Alexander's just come back from Afghanistan. And I know you work with the Tragedy Assistance Program with Bonnie Carroll. And uh, so do I, we're on the, the uh, board for them. But uh, so we're gonna be talking about um, military loss and about staying positive and hopeful. We've got a fabulous mom on, haven't we, Heidi? We do, do, Mom, and I talked to her on the phone for a long time, and she has not only lost a son in Afghanistan, but she also lost a brother when she was growing up. So and that was about the time that we lost Scott. Only She was a year earlier. We were 1983, and she was 1982 when she lost uh, her brother. Exactly. So, uh, you know, she, she lost her brother, JT, when he was only 11. Um, and she was 15. Her name is Jill Stevenson, and she is also the bereaved mom of Ben. Um, ben was he was he was in the military. He was um, he went to Fort Benning just as my son did, and he was an Army Ranger, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was looking at that. He was a Ranger very fast. He must have been quite the quite the guy you had, Jill. I agree with you because he was only 21 when he died, and he was already a Ranger. That is a big accomplishment and a big deal. And, and like I said, he was killed in Afghanistan and he saved six people on the battlefield, which is unbelievable. And um, by the way, let me also say this was his third deployment. Yes, it was. He had done a lot in only 21 years. It is unbelievable what he'd already accomplished in 21 years. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, he, so that happened with him. He also saved 60 people in, indirectly. Four lives were saved through organ donation and 55 lives were enhanced, which is absolutely amazing. Jill today speaks nationwide advocating for veterans, organ donation, and gold star families. And we're happy to have her on the show. So welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you, ladies, for having me on. It's so great to have you on. I loved what you said to us before the show started that, like us, you want to tell our audience that there's hope after loss, right? Yes, yes. And there's life and love and, and fun. And yes, that too, all those things. And joy. Ben became interested in joining the military out of love and reverence for his great-grandfather, my grandfather, who was a World War II veteran. That, um, that interest was uh, exacerbated, I should say, or, or driven forward very hard upon my grandfather's death because Ben and he were very, very close. Mm. And also he died in the spring of 2001 when Ben was 13 and it was the very first death that he had experienced. Mm. Because of that, Ben didn't want to talk about it. He was, he was absolutely heartbroken over that until five months later when 9-11 happened. Wow. And when 9-11 happened, Ben, ben then turned to, um, he wanted revenge. He was angry and he took it personally because of the reverence that he had for his great-grandfather's service to America. So he made this declaration that a wise 13-year-old, would, you wouldn't expect to, to hear. And, and he said that when I grow up, I'm going to become an army ranger. I'm going to find Osama bin Laden and make him pay. 
tell us about how your life changed after his death. Oh gosh. It changed in, in, in so many ways. You know, how I explain it to people is you're, you're walking along in, in your normal everyday life and it's as if a, a steel door drops right at the very end of your nose and you, you absolutely cannot take one more step in the direction that you were going. It's not possible. You have no choice but to choose a different direction. You either go left, right, or, or turn around and go backwards. Mm. And, and so you have to learn to live with what is a new normal. And you ladies are very familiar with that. The, the biggest struggle for me, I think, um, not so much anymore, but in the beginning, was to try to figure out what do I do with the love that I have for Ben? Because Ben was my only child, and I raised him as a single mom. And all of a sudden, he's physically no longer in my life. So what do I do with all that love? And, and I actually asked my mother that question while we were in the hospital with Ben in Washington, D.C., because she had lost a son, too, as you spoke of my brother. And she paused um, what I thought was a long pause, and I, I was expecting a, um, a very, you know, articulated answer, and she just said, you'll figure it out. Oh, which is so true. It is so true. So that's simple. That's a pretty simple. profound statement. That's a confidence in you. Yes. You will figure it out. Yes. And I, and I did figure it out. I did figure it out because that love doesn't stop. The love that we have in our hearts for our loved ones it is a continuous flow, whether they're here with us physically or not. And that doesn't, it doesn't turn off. So I just give it away to other people. I, and, and for me, that's become the veteran community, the, the men that served with Ben and their families, the organ donation community, the military community in itself. And it's, I have a, an almost greater reach than I did when Ben was here physically and alive because he lived, my reach has increased. Look how much your love, um, how you took the love you had for him and saved 60 lives indirectly. Yes. Through, through yeah. the organ donation. Yes. You, you yeah. so generously put out there because some people say no to organ donation. They don't want that for their loved ones. That was very selfless. Thank you. Thank you. And those were, those were Ben's wishes that I honored. And organ donation became a part of my family's um, threads, if you will, because when my brother died um, at the age of 11 in 1982, he was an organ donor. So it was a common term in our, our household. And it was the very beginning of when organ donation started. In fact, the, the medical community refers to my family as pioneers in the organ donation world. Wow. And my brother was able to donate his kidneys and his eyes uh, way back then. So Ben was familiar with the term. And when he you know, was sitting down and, and filling out those papers before he deployed, which was his living will, and that the question was actually asked in the event of your death, do you wish to be an organ donor? And Ben wrote in, yes. And there was a question that followed that one that said, which ones? And he wrote, any that are needed. Yeah. And isn't it? I mean, he, yeah. it, it's like he, it's almost like as if he knew that. And so he directly saved the lives of four people with the donation of his heart, kidneys, and liver. And then the enhancement comes from the bone, skin, and tissue. My brother's death and Ben's death were 27 years apart, almost to the day, um, which is, was uh, 
you know, a little, a little crazy if you ask me that they happened to, you know, so close together date wise. I believe that my brother's death prepared me for Ben's death. I knew, um, it just prepared me. I knew where my brother was. I knew that he was in heaven. Uh, I had many dreams about him after he died. And so I, and there was a, a deep love there, just like there was with Ben and I, of course, or is with Ben and I. So I knew that his spirit would remain with me. And that was, that was very, very helpful to have to experience that. And my family were, were helpful as well because we, you know, we all had experienced that loss and here we were facing another one. And I honestly believe that my brother's death helped them as well because we really didn't know what to expect. I mean, the loss is greater um, losing a son for me than it was a brother, you know, a deeper sense of loss, if you will, um, just different with a different relationship. Well, and Jill, you probably also knew that eventually your pain wasn't going to be so intense. Yes, yes. I, I, I did know that, and I also had my parents as examples of survival um, right there in front of me, especially my mother. You know, after my brother died, there was, she still had three daughters to raise. And so I saw her as this, the pillar of strength too, and she was a, a living example of what it means to survive. And I also did know that it's a, a, lot, a lifelong process that it doesn't go away, that you learn to live with it. You absolutely learn to live with it. And it becomes such a, a deep, intense part of your being. It's, it becomes the core of your being, it really does. Um, and, and again, I know that because my son died 27 years after my brother, that I had a long road ahead of me. But I was also my own example of survival, knowing that I made it this long, I can continue this. Wow, that, that's an inspiration because um, I hear people say, um, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to live, I don't want to go on, you know, my life's been terrible since this and all that kind of thing. And it, it is so refreshing to hear you say that you do go on, you can yeah. go on. I mean, uh, life can be what you want it, you know, to be. Yeah, there, there was no turning point for me. I have always been a very active person, um, one who just keeps going, very um, persevering and driven. And I just kept doing that. I stayed busy. I stayed involved. I stayed active. But I, I learned to recognize when my body was telling me physically I needed to slow down. And that was probably and, and still is something that I have learned to recognize and to um, be loyal to. When I, when I feel that it's time to stop and take a break, I do it. Um, and be, you know, to recharge. Um, that's important is I don't think a day comes when, gosh, it's not a particular date when you say, okay, now I'm breathing a little bit easier because as, as you well know, you have moments. It's not necessarily an entire day. It's, it's a momentary thing. I would say, you know, getting to the five year mark is a huge hurdle. And you, when you get to the five year mark, you know, things do, um, become a little more comfortable. You're more used to carrying that grief around with you. But here I am facing 10 years next month and it surprised me um, how much pain I can still feel it in, in certain moments. Well, you wouldn't want to not be touched by it, would you, Heidi? I Absolutely mean, if not. something reminds you, you want to be touched. Yes. Place. You just recover faster. Yes, you do. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I, w I wanted to ask you, because we have people uh, um, who are parents with no living children, 
mm -hmm. as you are. Yes. What tips and ideas do you have for people who are on their own? Honor, honor that life. Honor that life and, and keep in mind that we wouldn't be able to celebrate them or have loved them had they not lived. I, I refer almost always, <laughs> I try out to 100% to refer to Ben in the present tense. I don't refer to him in the past tense. If people say, what was his name? I say his name is. Because, you know, that his spirit is still very much alive. And when we speak about them in the present tense, it keeps their spirit alive. It keeps that legacy going. Be grateful for the time that we did have. And, that, and, and count the time of their being gone till now as days and years and months closer to when we'll see them again. Think of it kind of in a reverse way. Instead of me saying, Ben's been gone for 10 years. I've had, you know, this horrible, miserable, sad life for 10 years because he's gone. I can look at it in the reverse and say, I am now 10 years closer to seeing him again. Mm, I like that. Is there anything unique about military death versus, uh, you know, the way your brother died? I mean, is there anything that's different about it? Uh, well, in today's world, social media has a, has a big effect on it, and it enables us to share our grief with families around the country, and, and in some cases around the world. And back when my brother died, you know, 1982, I'm pretty sure we weren't operating via the internet, <laughs> um, if, if at all, very, very little at that time. Also, the accolades that go along with the, the military deaths, you know, they're, they're heroes, um, they're, they're lauded as, as for their heroism as, as they should be. And, you know, a, a young man who gets hit by a car or, you know, killed in a car accident or whatever, there's no, there's no heroism that goes along with that or accolades. And, and so I feel uh, fortunate in that respect, you know, that Ben is always going to be remembered for that, for what he did. And it doesn't mean that the other lives are less important because gosh, I know they're not, you know, they, they still are, but I would say the difference is the, the attention that the deaths get, you know, via media, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Now, how, people, how can people find more about you? They can find more about me on my website, which is IamJillStevenson.com. Thank you, Jill, and thank you for raising such an incredible son in Ben. I mean, he truly is a hero, and he, as you said, parts of him are all over the, the country now. Yeah. And it is absolutely amazing what an incredible kid you raised and, and what a big impact he will have for generations. Yes, I hope so. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to share Ben with all of you. Thank you, John. God bless. You as well. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.